This is the Fed and Fit Podcast, starting your week off with motivational thoughts on real food and fun fitness activities from Cassie Joy Garcia and co-host Carissa Talbot. Cassie is a nutritional consultant and the paleo food blogger behind fedandfit.com. Cassie has also authored two recipe ebooks, Cassie Joy's Fed and Fit Game Day Feast and Cassie Joy's Fed and Fit Holiday Feast. Each week, she will be joined by co-host Carissa Talbot. Carissa is the lady behind the widely popular Instagram and hashtag NoCookPaleo. Carissa is also the Chief Operating Officer for The Paleo Mom. If you enjoy the podcast, you can show your support by supporting another great small business. Place an order with the Granilla Bar and use the code FEDPLUSFIT at checkout so they'll know who sent you. That's the Granilla, spelled G-R-A-N-I-L-L-A, bar.com. Remember our disclaimer, the information and opinions shared in this podcast are solely those of any given individual and not a substitute for medical advice. And here are the ladies. Welcome to the Fed and Fit podcast number five. Hey, Cassie. Hey, Carissa. <laughs> so, oh I'm gosh. Have you what's ever that? thought about Carissa explains it all? Oh, my that gosh. Do I start? start? So, that like was my middle school. Oh, no, everyone used to do that to me. Oh. I, I don't like Clarissa Flackhart because of that. <laughs> well, I always enjoyed uh, that television show. Yeah. So, I mean, as much as I enjoy talking to you, though. <laughs> oh, thanks. Well, I'm excited because this week we're tossing out our original format, and not not for good, just for this week. And um, we're doing a fun "Ask Me Anything" with um, the lovely Cassie. So I'm excited because she's gonna go through what a bunch of her fans sent in for her and answer some questions and I might jump in too. So it's going to be a fun podcast. It's just going to be full of some really fun rapid fire q and I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Y'all ask some fun questions. And to be honest, um, I really just copied them over verbatim. So like Carissa said, this is going to be rapid fire. Rapid Bear fire and fun. <laughs> Bear with me as I try to pronounce a lot of these um, social media handles, but we're going we're gonna to do it. Okay, yeah. are you ready? I'm ready. Let's rock. <laughs> I feel like I'm about to step into the ring. Duh, okay. Duh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, first up, Rosa Fletcher, um, who is always very active on my Facebook page, asked me, she says, your hair looks fabulous. What did you do? And I think she's referring to the picture that I posted on that day. Um, that was the day that I actually, we uh, shot the cover of my holiday ebook, the holiday feast. And nice. um, we took a couple other pictures that day. And what I did that day is I had some people that came in that actually know what they're doing <laughs> with hair and makeup. And they did my hair and my makeup. So that's what I did. I outsourced. And um, I love that. It was one of those hairstyles that doesn't move when the wind blows. Um, but it showed up great in photos. So that's that's what I did that day. A couple other people asked about what I do on a daily basis. And we'll jump into that in a little bit and get Carissa to weigh in also. For sure. Um, let's see. Olivia on Instagram asked, what brand of brown rice should I get? And is bagged still healthy? That's a good question. You know, I tend to gravitate away from brown rice mostly because 
If I'm going to have rice, I try to minimize some of the unhealthful uh, impacts that are associated with grains by just eating that inner starch, just the white part. You know, the rice has been polished off. Um, there's a lot of other kind of anti-nutrients to keep it really superficial and really simple for the sake of this question um, that can be found in the outside part. So um, I actually recommend, I recommend white rice of all things and, uh, and bagged can be healthy. You know, that's, that's fine. Whichever you find that works for you. Carissa, I mean, I didn't ask you about this, but do you have any more thoughts on this one? Yeah, I go for white rice and, um, you know, if you are in a pinch and short on time and it may not be, you know, the most quote-unquote paleo because you're using a microwave, but they actually have these little single servings of white rice that you can get that you just add water to and pop in the microwave. So, I mean, if you're pressed for time and you need to add in some some more um, starches into your, you know, eating because maybe you're working out more or whatnot, like that's, it's fast and it's easy. They're also very inexpensive and you can find them pretty much at every grocery store. Totally. Yeah. I, I mean, to be honest, I probably eat white rice about once a week and, um, Jasmine is the one that I tend to grab. So choose whatever you like. If you feel great on brown rice, I'm not here to tell you that you're wrong either. Um, so choose what's right for you as far as bags still being healthy. Sure. It can be healthy. Um, next question hooked on paleo asked natural sweeteners is coconut nectar really better than honey, molasses, maple syrup, and agave. That is a great question hooked on paleo. (laughs) And I think, (laughs) I think in order to kind of explain my answer, which again might seem a little, um, ambiguous, I want to talk quickly about the difference between the glycemic index and the glycemic load. So the glycemic index ranks carb, and this is probably, if you're Googling these types of sweeteners, you're going to see these two terms come up, um, and that's why it's relevant. Uh, Glycemic index ranks carbs or foods based on how quickly they will convert to glucose in the body, okay, and that's a scale of 0 to 100. Um, And then the glycemic load is a number that estimates how much the food will actually raise your blood sugar after you eat it. So that be, that saying that because we really want to look at glycemic load if you're trying to figure out um, which sweetener is the right choice for you. And, you know, coconut nectar has a nice low glycemic load. Um, so, you know, it won't raise your blood sugar as high as say um, any other kind of refined sugars would. However, all the other sweeteners that you listed are natural sources and have relatively low glycemic loads as well. So um, it depends on what you like. I don't really, I don't really like agave because I think it's easy to use a lot of it, um, uh, not meaning to. And I tend to gravitate towards honey, maple syrup, molasses, and then I use uh, coconut sugar. Truly because I'm a recipe developer and sometimes it just makes better baked goods. It really does. Um, So it's tough to say hooked on paleo which one is better, but I tend to gravitate towards um, just those that I I enjoy the most. You might be splitting hairs at that point. Um, Steph asked, what makeup and skincare do you use? Your complexion is amazing. That is so nice. (laughs) Um, That's so sweet of you. So 
Uh, makeup and skincare. My girl, uh, Haley Mason of the Primal Palette is the one who helped turn me on to uh, my, my makeup that I use, which I'll talk about in a second um, because it hasn't come to mind yet, but I'm hoping it will in the next 30 seconds. Um, and then for <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, um, and then for skincare, actually, I started using the, uh, I, with Liz Wolf as my, um, my guide, I followed her skin intervention guide a few years ago and have since really jumped in with both feet um, as far as the oil cleansing method goes. It, there's a, an article actually on my blog that you can read that teaches all about the oil cleansing method. Um, and so I do, I use, I've started using actually fat face skincare. I think they've got some awesome products. I use their oil cleansing, um, or cleansing oil, excuse me, for dry skin because I tend to have drier skin. Um, and I put that on my face at night. I rub it all over over my makeup because I do wear makeup almost every day. I take a really hot cloth. I put it over my face and I let it kind of steam for a little bit. Um, and then I I wipe it off. And um, it uh, it's awesome. It You read more in the article about the science behind why oil cleansing is so great. But that's that's what I do. And then I also use some of her tallow-based uh, miraculous face cream to uh, mm. moisturize afterwards. It's lovely. Um, and I, the makeup line has not come to my, my brain. Um, <laughs> well, but when it I'll, does, we'll link to it in the show notes. Yes, that's perfect. Cause the it'll, one thing I, it'll happen as soon as we get done recording and then you'll be I'm, like, Oh, dang it. <laughs> I'm sure it will. I will link to it in show notes. And I do have a beauty article coming up at some point that I'll talk specifically about that. Nice. Okay. Dating Clean Living Well asked, thoughts on quinoa being pa- being a yes or no on paleo? So paleo, I tend to think of paleo as a, a general gathering place for people who want to learn more about optimal nutrition, right? Yeah. Um, and therefore, it's tough to really put a hard-nosed yes or no on really almost any food group. Now, generally speaking, everybody agrees that gluten, um, wheat type grains are, are a no, right? And that's just because for the most part, most people don't handle them very well. Um, now, as far as quinoa goes, if you enjoy it and you don't notice any kind of an intolerance towards it, let's say you've been following some kind of a squeaky clean, really anti-inflammatory um, diet plan. By diet, I just really mean the foods that you're eating, not that you're dieting to slim down. Um, but if you've been following a squeaky clean plan and you fold some quinoa in there and you think that you feel awesome from it, then by all means, enjoy your quinoa. And I, who cares if it's officially paleo <laughs> or not, or if the paleo police care? Um, oh, I think Carissa, um, might agree with me, but, yes, uh, I personally, I, <laughs> I personally love quinoa. Um, my pre paleo days, I was a vegan and I felt like I just bought buckets of quinoa and lived off of them. <laughs> Carissa, um, do you have any thoughts on that? Same. I'm on the same line as you. Like if your body tolerates it well and you like the taste of it, go for it. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Who cares if it's quote-unquote paleo or not because everyone's paleo is different anyways so yeah exactly and that's kind of the cool place why paleo is such a neat or a cool reason why paleo is such a neat gathering place um is that 
you know, you really can customize it to, to be whatever fits you best. Yeah. Um, next question. Uh, at I heart my kids art. That is really cute. <laughs> if Gus made art, I'd totally heart it. <laughs> okay. Sorry. So um, they asked, Stevia, question mark. Is it a yes or a no? You know, again, I, if, if you love it and you tolerate it well, um, you know, that's, I'm not going to poo-poo you for it. I personally don't use stevia. Um, at the end of the day, your body, even though it's, um, doesn't have a lot of caloric impact, your body still treats it like sugar. And if you're, if your body's going to treat it like sugar, you might as well just eat a natural sugar in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, Carissa, you have yeah, something? I st- you know, I stay away from most sugars, honestly, like all of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, they just have such a negative impact, even even natural sugars. So because I don't um, do a lot of baking because that would require time and effort on my part. <laughs> that would really go against the no-cook paleo Right, right, context. exactly. So, and it's just better for me because I don't have that um, off button because I actually do have a, a big problem. I've worked really hard to get to a place where I'm, where I'm off of sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, like if I make quote unquote paleo or gluten-free brownies, the, they'll be gone way too soon. Like the same day, like I can't, it's just gone. Like George has this amazing recipe for banana bread, but I'll make it and I'll eat it all in one day. Like I don't have that, like, I don't know. So for me, like I just avoid all the sugars. <laughs> I try to. As much as I can, because it's it's a slippery slope for me. So <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's good feedback. I when I, currently you know well if I'm doing a 21 day sugar detox, obviously I'm avoiding those sugars. But um, when I'm not, I kind of have them when I have them. I like to put a tablespoon of maple syrup in with my cold brew in the morning, you know, and and that works great for me. Uh, One of the only times I really ever successfully used stevia, though, just to be fair for the other side of the equation. Kelly Brosnan, um, I think I said that her name correctly, um, she wrote this dairy-free ice cream book this past year, and I tried out her mint chocolate dairy-free, oh my goodness, I can't remember what they were called, whoopie pies, frozen, they were like essentially ice cream sandwiches, and she let me share the recipe on my blog. And her recipes call for liquid stevia, and if that's something that... and. Kelly kind of goes into it a little bit in her book so you can learn a little bit more about her approach with it. Um, but it was delicious. I loved it, you know. And, um, I mean, again, it, whatever works for you. Yeah. Okay, next. Press Paleo asked, please share details about your hair care routine. I use baking soda and vinegar, but I need more shine. Oh, my gosh, I hear you there. <laughs> I did baking soda and vinegar on my hair for almost a solid year. That's all I did. I, I went, I threw out almost <laughs> dramatically my, when I learned all the things that I learned about conventional hair care products, I threw them into the garbage and I was like, now I'm just gonna, and I went into the pantry and I got that baking soda and the vinegar and I was like, this is the new me. <laughs> and, um, I loved it at first. It, it went well, but I noticed that my shine started to dull a little bit as time went on. Um, and I still use baking soda and vinegar for a deep clean every once in a while, but I started to fold in some Moroccan, 
uh, hair care, Moroccan method. I don't know if you're familiar with that company. And like, as before, we'll link to them in the show notes. Mm -hmm. But I started to use their products and I noticed a big difference. So look them up if you're wanting more shine. Next, Lanth and Ucaro. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, if you're listening, you're probably rolling in laughter because I totally murdered your name. Okay, do you believe in intermittent fasting or do you eat as soon as you wake up? So, there are, there's a lot of pros and cons to both sides of this equation, right? For there's sure. some people who say you can improve your insulin, insulin sensitivity. There's a lot of people who do intermittent fasting because it's a way for them to reduce their total caloric intake if that's something that they're really concerned about um, and don't really want to get into the whys just now because that's a bag of worms. Uh, but I actually have done intermittent fasting in the past. I did it for a couple of months just to give it a go because these questions do come up in this business and I want to be able to speak from them authentically. And it did not work for me. Um, I I would eat dinner and um, as soon as dinner was done, I wouldn't eat again until the, about 16 hours later. Um, and it was it was you know, you can adjust really to anything, any kind of a new program. And it took me a little while to adjust. I, I stopped being, you know, really hungry in the mornings and my body just readjusted. But um, I found myself lacking some energy and no matter what kind of other foods I started folding in. So it just, it was a no for me. Yeah. Carissa, what do you think? Um, naturally, I think I do some sort of intermittent fasting. Like, I don't think it's like actually the way they tell you to do it, but Mm -hmm. I'm just one of those people that I keep it really basic and simple. And if I'm hungry, I eat. And if I'm not hungry, I don't eat. And there are some days I'll have one meal because I just eat when my body tells me to. So, um, with that being said, I do always have some sort of fat in the morning, whether it be with the bone broth or the coffee, or maybe I'll make a smoothie and add some, um, you know, coconut oil to it or whatnot. So I I do always have some sort of fat or liquid in the morning. Um, but sometimes I'm not hungry till two or three and I just, you know, I just listen to my body. And then there are some days I wake up and I want like the most giant breakfast you've ever seen. So I just kind of go with the flow. I don't worry about it. (laughs) I think that's great. I think that's, that's great advice. And at the end of the day, your body knows best. So listen to it. Yeah. Um, okay, Lemon and Lux, my girl, asked, where do you shop for groceries? Basic, but I'm curious. Well, that is a great question. I, I live in Texas, San Antonio, Texas, to be precise. And us Texans are blessed with a pretty awesome grocery store called H-E-B. Or and The Heb. The Heb, you know, whichever, whichever <laughs> you know floats your boat. And um, H-E-B is this awesome, semi-affordable when you compare it to other options. Grocery store, they do a really good job of listening to the consumers and what they want. I can't tell you, they opened up a new H-E-B somewhere near where I lived and I would go and I'd fill out, um, please start carrying carrying Bob's Red Mill Arrowroot, you know, because they didn't have it and and then they started stocking it. So it's a really awesome company. Um, I also do a lot of shopping on Amazon. I buy, for example, my Great Lakes gelatin on Amazon. I buy a lot of um, my coconut milks, canned coconut milks from Amazon because you can get it at Whole Foods, but I like to buy in bulk and it's just more convenient for me. 
I shop at Whole Foods occasionally when I want really beautiful produce, especially if I'm working for a, together for a photo shoot or something really pretty for the blog. And then occasionally Trader Joe's when I want some staples in bulk. You know, if I know I want to go get a, for whatever reason, Trader Joe's is the only place I've ever found those big stalks of uh, Brussels sprouts, you know, that are on the stalks. So, yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, that's just kind of what I think about with Trader Joe's. Where do you go, Carissa? Well, same like what you said about H-E-B, the Heb, um, they're great. Like I, and you can do this at any local grocery store. Go in and get to know your grocery manager. Figure out who that is in the store and start every time you go in, use their name, be nice to them, smile. This is what I do. And I don't fill out the cards. I just talk to them directly and they'll get whatever I want, like with H-E-B. But I think a lot of grocery stores are very willing, you know, as long as it's something that's, you know, in their skew or whatnot, um, I think that they're willing to get it. So that's a a great, you know, if your grocery store is not carrying stuff that you want, start asking for it. Um, so that's great, great tip there. Yeah. I love Trader Joe's. I'm obsessed with them. Um, I live here in Austin, Texas, and I live like four blocks from the Whole Foods, so I'm very spoiled, but um, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing because the paycheck goes very quickly, (laughs) but um, yeah, that's pretty much Trader Joe's and Whole Foods and H-E-B. That's kind of my three Texas spots. Mm -hmm. I love Whole Foods. This is probably going to sound crazy. I just love grocery shopping. My family and my fiance Austin cannot go grocery shopping with me because I treat it like I'm going to a um what are those um a theme park. I want to walk down every aisle and I like yes. to read the backs of containers and new cans and things and see like that. It feel and going to Whole Foods feels like a spa treatment to me because it's just so therapeutic. You know, you don't really have to you don't have to explain why I'm asking for well, what exactly do you mean by spices? When you say there are spices in that pork sausage um, at the butcher counter. So anyway, that's all I have to add on that. No, I I agree. And I'll just say really quick, like there are some girls that are shoe shoppers and clothing shoppers. And nope, nope. All I want to do is walk around Whole Foods. (laughs) Grocery shop. And grocery shop. It's pretty fun. Um, Okay, next question. Cast Iron Kitchen asked, I'd love to know about your skincare routine. And I second the question about intermittent fasting. I hope that we answered your question about the fasting. If you have more, feel free to shoot us an email um, or or post on any of of our, or the show notes here, post there. Mm -hmm. Um, But as far as the skincare goes, yeah, I mean, what, like I said before, oil cleansing at night, I put that miraculous face cream on top of that. Sometimes I put a, I put a little dab of miraculous oil. She also sells that. Fat Face Skin Care will sell that separately. And then in the morning, because I work out in the mornings, uh, really early in the morning, when I get home, I will shower. And so when I shower, I'll take a, you know, a washcloth in and I wipe my face off um, from all of the nastiness from the workout. And then I like to put another one of my favorite natural skincare brands out there is Primal Life Organics. And uh, Trina just recently released this coffee bean face serum and it is lovely. Mm. And I like to put that on in the mornings after I get out of the shower before I put my makeup on. I just think that it's, it's coffee smelling and there's coffee in it. And so it's, um, very, you know, it's very nice and morning-like and invigorating, but it makes my skin feel great. Trina, will you please make one that smells like bacon? 
I think it'll help my single life a lot. <laughs> um, I have one for you. It's called bacon fat. Just if that's really what you're going for, dab that behind your ears. Just still. the yeah, literally the bacon fat, right? Let's see what happens. Let's call it a social experiment. Okay, at Lynn's like what asked. And because I said what, because she has two A's in her name. Okay, pre-post-workout pre snacks for the whole 30-slash-21-day sugar detox. I've read many articles on this, but really want your take on this intersection of fed and fit. I'm going to keep it super simple for you, Lynn's like what, because <laughs> I love your name. Um, mostly because uh, if you go back and you listen to episode number four, Steph from Stupid Easy Paleo can talk all about it, but essentially, I I like to say that it's a good idea to have some sort of a fat and some sort of a protein right before you work out, and then you know not immediately before, but if you I'm since since I am a five fifteen a.m. worker outer, I don't eat anything before, but afterwards I try to make sure I get some sort of carbohydrate. When I was on the sugar detox. That might mean a green-tipped banana. It might mean a little cup of um, a little squash or uh, an apple, something like that. But just it's good to – you really need to replenish those glycogen levels. Even if you're doing one of those uh, food challenges, it's important to still make sure you're nourishing your body. But listen to that episode with Steph. Yeah. Next question. Sandy Mae Brown asked, good substitutes for gluten-free baking that taste just as good as flour? She didn't actually put a question mark, but I added one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there are countless paleo bloggers out there that have come up with some really good flour alternatives. But if you're looking for one that you can just go online and place an order and it shows up in your mailbox and it tastes delicious, I have a recommendation. Simple Mills is my favorite. I've tried a couple and by far they're my favorite. I've tried their pumpkin muffin mix and their chocolate muffin mix. Essentially, the chocolate muffin mix makes chocolate cupcakes. They are in, I made these for friends and family when Simple Mills sent me a couple bags just to try them out. And they were shocked that they were all paleo-friendly. The ingredients I 100% stand by. So check out Simple Mills. And again, that link will be in the show notes. Mm, trouble. Um, trouble. <laughs> oh, it's go good stuff. It's, oh, yeah. You, well, you know, I will. I'll do you can go there. Us. You can go there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, another name I'm going to destroy, Natyonk, <laughs> or maybe it's Nation C. Oh, that'd make way more sense. Okay, Nation C. Nation C. Yeah, that makes way more sense. Um, how low carb should you go? You know, that's that's a that's a good question, but it's one that you really have to ask yourself because it's going to be a different answer. It depends on where I am in my training as far as exercise stuff goes, what my goals are, where I'm at. Um, as far as, you know, I, when I was recovering from adrenal fatigue, things like that, it's going to depend on you. Yeah. So um, that's that's a really tough one to answer. And I do some self-reflection, do some research. I think that there is the possibility of going too low carb for too long. Uh, it, it's not great for everyone's body. So just kind of think critically about that. I think uh, one little suggestion for that is yeah. I think um, if you kind of haven't figured out um, – where your carb numbers are, um, it's good to start journaling. Start tracking everything because then after you have like a solid month of information on how much you're sleeping, how much you're eating, I mean, even like your poop, like track everything 
and then take a, a big picture view of that and then just kind of look at it and kind of see, well, oh, I felt sluggish that day. You know, make sure you track your energy and your mood and everything because that's really going to help you kind of play detective and figure out what you need to change and not just for carbs, but for everything, because all of us are so individual and in what our body needs for what our lifestyle and activities are. So that's solid advice. Yeah. That's great. Definitely. That's yeah, me too. I recommend that too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, next question. Ellie Silva 11 on Instagram also asked which blog slash Instagram accounts do you follow? Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, I actually, I read your question and I made, I jotted down a list and I had to edit it down a lot. Um, so I'm just going to tell you a couple. One of my favorites is what for breakfast. It's this girl who takes these incredible photos of her breakfast every morning and her entire photo motif, I just think is stunning. And I, you know, she's something that I aspire to. Um, She's got a cool blog. It's all about breakfast foods. Anyways, I think she's really inspiring. She's not How by any means. How have I not heard of this? I'm going to go follow well, her right she's, now. Well, she's, she's not paleo by any means. And most of the people that I follow to be, you know, in a weird way um, aren't paleo. But she's awesome. Check her out. Next up, Melissa Hartwig. And it's Melissa underscore Hartwig. She was the author, co-author of It Starts With Food. Also the creator of The Whole30. Um, Melissa's personal account on Instagram, she just, she posts these, you know, she's a really strong businesswoman. She has got her stuff together and she just has these cut straight to the chase posts. And I like following her because a lot of the stuff that she says, I feel like really resonates with me, especially as we're, you know, as the Fed and Fit podcast, you know, starts to pick up speed and the business starts to develop. It's important for me to remember some of the things that she talks about. Next up, Food 52. One of my all-time favorites, I'm sure you've heard of them, that's food for the 52 weeks out of the year. They showcase really how they can, the point of it is they showcase how we can change the world by cooking and celebrating those who cook. So bringing joy and life back into actually preparing our food. And I just think it's a really cool handle to follow. Plus, always pretty pictures. Joy the Baker is another one of my all-time favorites. She's actually my favorite food blogger ever. <laughs> By no <laughs> means paleo or paleo-friendly. Uh, but I just think that she's a fun writer and um, has awesome recipes. And then my last but certainly not least, Bacon the Piglet. Mm. Carissa, tell me you follow Bacon the Piglet. No. How have I not heard of Bacon the Piglet? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was having – I don't know what it was. It was months ago. I was. I guess I was having kind of a blue day, and my best friend in the whole wide world, Morgan, said, oh, I know. She says, go look up Bacon the Piglet. And I did, and it immediately – I mean, it is the cutest dang little piglet you've ever seen. It's this piglet named Bacon, and the owner photographs this little piglet growing up, and it is the cutest darn... I'm looking right now. Oh, my gosh. I'm dying. It's going to... I mean, every time I look at one of those pictures, I tell Austin, like, I'm going to get a piglet. (laughs) It's just going to happen. Gus's next little brother or sister is going to be a piglet. (laughs) Okay. Moving on. Sorry. Too much time. Um, CK Price 4 asked, what is your guilty pleasure? My guilty pleasure when I am not doing a sugar detox or a Whole30 and life is just peachy and normal, (laughs) my my guilty pleasure, and you all bear with me, 
Um, I love the gluten-free pizza from Domino's. It makes nice. my world go round. <laughs> I and Austin um, loves the not gluten-free Domino's pizza, so everybody right. wins. You know, we right. get we get a we get one order, and everyone's happy. I sometimes get it without the cheese, sometimes with the cheese. Extra pepperoni, jalapenos. They're small. They're kind of expensive, but it's a really fun nice. treat. What's no, your guilty I pleasure? Try, well, I have my own guilty pleasure, but I did try that when it came out because I wanted to see if I would have any reaction to it. And I mean, of course, I reacted to the dairy because my body doesn't do well with dairy. But I didn't have like, um, you know, any type of reaction. So I was pretty, pretty happy with that. So it's nice that they're doing that. It is. Um, and it's more important to note, though, too, that Domino's does say it's a gluten-free friendly pizza in case right. any of you listeners are celiac and um, very strict. can't, can't right. yeah, exactly. There's no cross-contamination allowed. Um, it's not exactly gluten-free. And Pizza Hut is stepping up to a place. They're launching their own gluten-free pizza. I think they launched it this month, actually. Hot dang. I can't wait. I'll try that, too, and I'll report back. <laughs> Good. Do that. So my guilty pleasure is I get really good sourdough bread and I will slather on so much butter it's ridiculous and I put it in a hot pan and I put on a ridiculous amount of American and Brie cheese and I make the best grilled cheese sandwich ever and I get it oozy and warm and crunchy and buttery and like that is totally not paleo at all and I don't care and it's like you know I probably only have it like twice a year but it is like the best it's just the best thing ever oh amazing okay so two things are definitely happening after this show I'm gonna go find a piglet and I'm coming to your house and you're making me a grilled cheese perfect Oh, and if you like grilled cheese, you should definitely follow Joy the Baker because the girl has like 30 different recipes of grilled cheese. Oh, my God. I'm in so much trouble. It's grilled. It's like, you know, there's yolk porn pictures. People talk about that, like, you know, egg yolks being all beautiful. Right. Um, She takes grilled cheese porn photos. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's just like the most enticing Did you watch that movie, Chef? No. There's a scene in there where he makes his son a grilled cheese sandwich. Oh my gosh. It's just, I don't know. Like, this is, you can tell it's my guilty pleasure. I have a problem. Anyway. Okay. That's back really to the questions. I'll also be watching that. Okay. That's part of my homework now. Okay. At, at Patty Space asked, at times I find myself feeling hungry, still eating paleo. Uh, without the carbs, there's a full sensation I'm missing. What do you recommend? That's a really good question. You know, I got to say, Paleo doesn't necessarily mean low carb. And right. so maybe what you're doing is accidentally eating low carb because sometimes when we cut out the grains and the legumes, we we don't always it's not a natural thought for us to think about replacing that carbohydrate intake that we had before with paleo friendly carbs, starch uh, starches that come from squashes and fruits and other vegetables. So I say go ahead and pursue some of those, you know, cook yeah. up a butternut squash and maybe even dabble in some white rice or some sweet potatoes and see if that helps you feel better. Yeah. That's why we have that hashtag more vegetables than a vegetarian. Cause you really want to kind of double up your vegetable intake when you get rid of, you know, bread and other grains. Yep, exactly. Okay. Uh, next up, 
AVO 10,001. Maybe that's 100,001. I don't know. With all those zeros, my eyes go across. <laughs> uh, she says, when are you coming over to my house for tea and cookies while we watch Downtown Abbey? Girl, I will be there anytime. I actually haven't seen a single episode of Downtown Abbey, uh, but it has been on my list. I really want to see it. The Urban Poser, I think, talked about it ages ago. I don't know. We're Facebook friends, and I saw her write something about it, and I was like, I need to be in on whatever that is. This Downtown Abbey thing that she's all spun up about, I want to know. Yeah. So anytime. Um, let's see, Mary Sun 1386. So I see a lot of people kind of make their own, quote, paleo version. There are times I can't afford paleo approved, so I get it. But if I'm not doing something grass-fed organic or any of that, is it still effective? Or am I just in the same boat as eating what I was before, just a low-carb version? That is a great question, Mary Sun 1386. <laughs> and it's something that I'm actually really passionate about. You are not in the same boat that you were before because it's not grass-fed or it's not organic. You know, essentially this goes back to the don't throw the baby out with the bathwater kind yep. of thing. You know, just sure. Yeah, it, it's kind of a grass-fed meats and organic fruits and vegetables. We can kind of think of those as a rabbit hole underneath the principles of the main food groups of that are going to be the more healing foods and the ones that are going to be the not healing foods. And when we start eating more healing foods, you're still making a really positive change. And don't lose your mind or your finances and stress about all that, well, it has to be grass-fed in order to be paleo. That's absolutely 100% not true. You can still be healthy by eating conventional meats. Um, there are just some better choices. But you know, eating con eating a conventional conventionally raised steak, I would say, is better than going to Whataburger or McDonald's, wherever you are, and getting a hamburger for dinner. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Okay, good. Um, and then Paleo Punzel says, "I know this is somewhat of a common question in the community, but I'm curious how you ladies handle this. How do you handle those who don't understand, criticize, or criticize?" excuse me, they don't understand and they criticize your food choices, I think is what she meant, mm -hmm. or are just downright haters. <laughs> Fortunately, most of the, my family and friends I interact with understand that certain foods make me feel super crappy, like gluten, most grains, and soy is especially bad, and then seed oils also. But I get the occasional negative person who just has something inconsiderate and mean to say. I know it's their problem and not me, but it's still difficult to deal with mentally and emotionally. Thank you, ladies, for your new podcast. I'm enjoying it very much. That is so sweet. Um, I'm going to pass this over to Carissa because I know that this is one of your favorite topics. Yeah. No, it, it definitely is. Um, oh, I, I'll try not to go on too much of a rant because I know that we're, we're coming to the end of our podcast and so we're already running over. But I would say, gosh, I'm going to be mean. Um, <laughs> say it. I mean, screw them. I, yeah. I mean, like, here's the thing. You are doing something that you feel good about for your body, and you've made a choice to make a change for yourself, and your true friends and family and the people that love you and that are close to you are going to understand that and they're going to support you. And if, and, and it goes back to, this is a, an example that I use all the time with my clients. 
it goes back to a whole mentality. It, it really is about them and not about you because let's, I'm just going to take this, uh, to, to a bar. So if you go out to the bar and you're the one of, you know, you're out with all your friends and you're the one person that's like, no, I'm not drinking. I'm on a detox or whatnot. Everyone will try to pressure you to have a drink. Why? So they can feel better about themselves. Same in the office. Everyone's going to pressure you. Oh, just have one donut. It's okay. You can break your diet. It's not going to kill you. You'll be fine because they've had one and they don't want to feel crappy about it. So it really is all about them. And, you know, if you stick to your guns and stick to what you say and stick to what you believe in, eventually those people are going to come back around and want to know what you're doing and want to follow what you're doing because they physically see how different you are. Maybe just that you're you're glowing and you're in a happier mindset and maybe you've lost some weight or or whatever it is. Like those people will come back around. And the only reason they do it is to make themselves feel better. So screw them all. <laughs> That's what yeah. I say. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Just keep that jump rolling around in your head. Yeah. And I mean, there are a few little tactics you can do to make social situations more comfortable if you're not really wanting to be aggressive or have to explain yourself. Um, most people understand being lactose intolerant. Um, so if you're in a social situation and you can just say um, that you're lactose intolerant, it may be a white lie. Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. And most of the time, gluten and dairy are found in a lot of similar products, especially when you're talking about like going out to a restaurant or things like this. So, and people, if you tell people you have an allergy, they respect you. They won't try to push food on you. If you say you're on a diet or a detox or whatever, they're going to try to get you off of it because they're not on one. So, you know, I'm okay with a little white lie in those types of situations because it can make it a little bit more comfortable for you. I think that's a great idea. You know, with this wedding planning business, I have told caterers that um, I have a gluten allergy and a lot of the guests will have a gluten allergy, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, I, I cannot show them any medically documented proof of that. Um, but I know I have a severe gluten sensitivity. So yeah, I agree. I think that's, I think that's a great, easy card <laughs> if you don't want to have to, if you kind of want to condone lying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, those were awesome questions, everybody. Thank you so much for playing Ask Me Anything. And, uh, <laughs> We'll come back and do this again at another time. I think we got through all the questions. We which did. We really wanted to do. We didn't want anyone to feel left out. So, um, yeah, thanks, thanks again for writing such great questions. And uh, we will be back again next Monday. Carissa, do you have anything else to add? Nope. Peace, love, awesome. and bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Peace, love, and bacon, the piglet. Go find yes. that bacon on Instagram. Oh, my gosh. So cute. You guys have a great week. Talk to you soon.